What's up, everybody? This is Andre. Thanks so much for tuning in, clicking on the link, checking out my show. I really appreciate it. Um, kicking off a four-part series. This is going to be part one, and we'll intersplice it with other episodes, but kicking off a four-part series where I talk to uh, creators, innovators, entrepreneurs, original thinkers um, over the next four episodes about how they've adapted. It's it's a really crazy time right now, and there are a lot of people that are not doing much, are trying to do the same thing, and there are people that are adapting, and they're changing, and they've gotten a whole new life ahead of them now and and I'm really intrigued with speaking to those people because those are the people that have looked at the situation this year in 2020 and said hey how can I get better how can I change things so I'm talking to a few people the first episode this one here is with my dude Michael he's um we actually have mutual friends um we met a few years ago uh we talk about the story of how we kind of reconnected this year but um I was out playing ball one day Saw him, came up to me. Um, he said, hey, you guys hungry? I got some empanadas. I'm like, yeah, of course. We were playing ball, actually. I was on the ball court and gave us some empanadas. And that was it. And I said, this is amazing. Can I buy some? Where do you get it? What What is this? And, you know, uh, we get into a little bit more. He told me about his mom and he was doing a business with his mom because she got laid off and they just decided to do something new. So I said, you know what? When I was thinking about putting the series together, I thought he'd be a great person to speak to. And I actually reached out to him. He he was great. The episode was great. We laughed a bit. I learned a little bit about uh, South America, Central America, empanadas, how it's made, what what who makes it out of wheat, who makes it out of corn. And he gave me a bit of insight into his life and what this year has meant for him. He's in the restaurant industry. Tells me a bit about that. But great episode. Thought it flowed really well. He's a smart dude, resilient. He's doing this for his mother. You can hear it in his voice. It's just a passion and doesn't feel like a job for him. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, let me know what you guys think. If you like the series, uh, if you like the direction we're going in, I'm trying to do something new here. But uh, without further ado, this is In Conversation with Dre, episode 12 with Michael Medero. Check it out. What's uh, what's up, Mike? How you doing, man? Good, good. How's it going, man? Uh, I'm doing great. You know what? Um, I, I really appreciate you joining me on the show. Um, lots to talk about, man. Uh, so as you know, I'm doing a series. Um, trying to do four episodes. How you've adapted uh, during the pandemic, and yo, you're one of the people that I ran into during the pandemic, and I thought to myself, you know what? That's actually a a pretty smart idea developing a business around an existing skill and fulfilling a need, fulfilling a need to what people need right now. And that's eating, that's food. Um, but, uh, but let's go all the way back. Uh, talk to me about COVID 2020. It's March pandemic hits. Everybody's on lockdown. Oh, man. Tell me about what's happening in your life. Tell me about how you've coped with that and, 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 and how things have happened since. Yeah, actually, I don't think I've, um, I told you about how everything kind of started, but back in January, I was having the, the time of my life. I was in, I was in Thailand. I was in actually Southeast Asia with my girl mm. and we were traveling over the place. And then I don't know where my, my mom sent me a message like, Hey, did you hear about this? And then my dad, who I don't really speak to a lot is like, I heard you're in, you're in, you're in China. He didn't know better. I heard you're in that area. 
uh, and there's this virus going on. And I remember then it was like one or two cases or whatever, you know, like there was one that, that went to Thailand. There was one that went to Cambodia, one that went over there. And it, they kept freaking out saying, get home now. This is happening. People are going to die. It's ridiculous. And me and my girl were looking at it. We're like, it's fine. It's fine. What's going on? Like, it's, 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 it's nothing. Don't worry. And then as we started going around, we saw people in the airport starting to wear masks. We saw less people. We started to see some weird stuff. And I'm like, okay, this might be a, like a, they started taking it seriously over there. And then all the messages and all the stuff started happening with, with my, with my parents. And then when it finally came back here, that's when in March, that's when it hit. And I was like, Whoa, okay. This is not what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it impacted me while I was traveling. That was one of a, one of the things that, that so when when were you actually on your way back like was were you already on your way back or did you hear about it and then so, you said i gotta i gotta head back so our trip was from january like second until like february like 18th or something like okay that. we stayed the whole time mm-hmm. but it was about about like january like 19th or something like that that the first like little COVID, like hey by the way there's this happening um and i think by, by the time that we were back i think the next week after that it was like, uh, yeah, you guys got to get back now or or we're not going to repatriate you or whatever. Right? That's, that's when things started to get kind of heavy. Yeah. So we I were think, just thinking like, perfect. Sorry. No, 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 please. I think I think that's when things started to kind of get serious. Like over here in North America, whenever anything happens in China, we're like, ah, oh, whatever. It's just, it's going to yeah. end there. It's going to start there and it's going to end there. But then, you know, COVID obviously did what it did and, and it took over the rest of the world. So you get back. Um, you're in the food industry. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think of the rest, restaurant industry, food industry. And I think of any industry that's being impacted by COVID being impacted by, you know, lack of travel restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think food is, is probably the industry that was impacted the most. So you get back, there's a pandemic ensuing. People are indoors now. People are wearing masks. Talk to me about the work situation. Talk to me about first thing you noticed when you got back home. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when I got back home, actually, uh, my restaurant hasn't been impacted yet. It was still uh, pre-lockdown or something. It was, it was in a buildup to, to get in lockdown. Um, and then that's when, you know, shifts started to get reduced. You know, uh, I, I live on tips and stuff like that. So people stopped showing up because they were scared or they would, show, they would bring masks and stuff like that. And then the lockdown happened and we're like, whoa, okay, what are we going to do? We live downtown. We have this crazy amount of rent right? Uh, we're not working. Me and my wife were both in the restaurant industry. So now we're just idle at home, just looking at each other, like, what, what's the plan? Mm-hmm. And thankfully, that's when like CERB got announced. And, and that's kind of been beneficial to us. Like it, it's, it's saved us basically, right? Um, but I got I got another one worse for you that, that I think I got hit worse than, than the restaurant industry is actually the, the hotel, the hostel, the hotel and the, and the, you know, travel industry, I guess, because that's what my mom does. That's where my mom, she was a, she's a housekeeper. That's what she, she was doing before COVID hit. And then from night to day, it was like, okay, borders closed. That's it. And there's nothing else to do. And then she was working like one or two days a week or something like that. And that's when I started thinking, whoa, okay, I got to keep her busy. I got to, my mom is the only thing that I have here in Canada. So I was always thinking, I got to keep her busy. I got to take care of her somehow, you know. Um, so that's when we started thinking about ideas. And that's kind of how the whole business, even though it's, it's, sometimes it's kind of weird calling it for me a business, because I think of more of like a, a hustle or a hobby or just like a, an entertainment for my mom, right? Mm-hmm. 
like it would be it would be ideal if this thing can grow and eventually you know buy like a storefront or maybe like a food truck or something like that right that would be the ideal thing but yeah restaurants got hit pretty bad i feel like we're pretty us frontline people like the, the servers and bartenders stuff like that we've been able to survive but if i was owning a restaurant which is something that i want to do eventually i would be terrified right now like this is probably the worst time to be a restaurant or you know small restaurant owner yeah and and let's talk about that because what we're starting to see now is there are two different types of business owners two different types of restaurants it's the evolve or die basically mm -hmm. right and we're seeing and some people can't evolve they don't have the money for it they don't have the infrastructure for it sometimes you don't have enough staff you just don't you just, you're not nimble enough um but what are some of the things that you're seeing restaurants do now yeah. in covid that maybe impressed you and you thought huh that's interesting they're actually staying alive and staying afloat by by doing something different yeah um one thing that i liked about restaurants is always the numbers right like there was always uh, a certain thing about like how staff how managers especially would like look at our sales and then we'll look at the labor and they'll be like we need to hit a certain percentage blah 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 in order to be effective because you can't be paying servers and bartenders just to hang around just to serve three or four tables it's kind of what's, what's been happening during during COVID is that the amount of people that we can let in has been reduced. So we don't need that much stuff to begin with. But the adaptability that, that I've seen from restaurants has been something that I know has been driving people crazy. And, you know, we I come in one day and it's like, okay, guys, this is the new rules. You got to sanitize and, and, and wash your hands. I'm like, okay. Next week, come in. It's like, okay, now we got plexiglass. You know, what's the next? And then, oh, okay, now we're sanitizing the, the, the stations. Now we're doing this. Now we're doing that. And then, you know, uh, fall came out and then it was the whole thing with the patios and the tents and the heaters. And, you know, that's the, it's always been a scramble. Is uh, if, if I was a restaurant owner right now, I would probably, I'm kind of glad that I'm be locked down. My restaurant is crumbling, but at least I know that like, it's a bit of a, of a calm of the storm. Like just focus on takeout. There's nothing else that I can do. I can't worry about people you know, being, being too picky about it's too cold or it's too hot, things like that, right? Like it's, it's challenging for sure. Yeah. And have as, as a person who's actually in the restaurant industry, you actually, you're a bartender, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bartender, server bartender. I float between tasks, but sure. Cool. Cool. You're a server bartender. Um, have you made it out to different restaurants and just you and your wife gone out to restaurants? Cause you understand what it's like. Have you, have you made time to go? Uh, so yes and no, we're careful. Like we still doing the whole COVID thing. My, my girl's really into like, uh, you know, being careful. She makes me wash my hands every time I come home from work. You know, when it first started, we used to like literally wash all our groceries and stuff like that. I don't know if you did that, but like she made me get like dishwasher and like, okay, get the apple, they wash it. <laughs> get the frozen strawberries, wash it. I was like, okay, like I get it. But I don't know if it's maybe because I'm a guy or something, but I'm, I still take precautions. But she took it overboard. Um, hey, that's why we have women in our lives, man, to take care of us. Shout out to your girl. Shout out to shout out to wifey. I know. I, know. My mom, <laughs> I, I was exact same way with my mom actually. When this whole first thing started, I didn't see my mom for like three to four months, mm -hmm. which I buy her groceries, but I literally physically didn't see her. I would buy groceries, leave it at the door, knock on it, and be like, "Okay, it's ready now. I'll, I'll talk to you." And I think uh, her birthday was in June, and I like mm -hmm. FaceTimed her which apparently like we broke both of, our, both of our hearts. Like we can't, we can't see each other. It's literally the only time that, that we like our birthdays and Christmas and stuff like that is like a special time where we get to see each other. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So I was scared because she's like 60, 64 years old, right? And she's 64. She has cholesterol problems. Like, I'm worried that if she were to catch her, she might be one of the ones that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been tough. Man. I, I can imagine. And everybody's been impacted different ways. Like, I haven't seen my, in the middle of this whole thing, I wasn't able to see my family, my parents for months on end. I, I, could, I didn't see anybody. Uh, you know, I'm living on my own. I couldn't see my friends. Mm-hmm. I wasn't seeing any coworkers. The only people I was seeing was was the cashier at the at the at the grocery store, and they're all wearing masks. And nobody, everybody was afraid of talking to yeah. each other, and it, people are afraid of passing each other on the sidewalk. So, I mean, it was it was hard for people in different ways, and no one's no one had it harder than others. Everybody had it in it in their own way. Everybody was dealing with depression, uh, or or a, a, a form of depression, I guess, in in their own way. Mm-hmm. But you brought up you mentioned two really interesting things that I wanted to kind of go back to. One thing you said was the, the idea to come up with the business and we'll get into the business in a second was really just to keep your mom busy. And you were really just thinking of different things that you could do to keep your mom busy. And the second thing was, you don't really think of it as a business. You think of it as a hobby. And, and I, and I heard that and I thought, you know what, that's the sign of you doing something that doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. which eventually turns into mm-hmm. a business because you look at anybody like anybody who has a business now that they run on their own, it started as a hobby, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, you know, I just love to design skateboards, so I'm just going to do it. And then they do it. And then all of a sudden you have a store in LA and that's what you're doing. Um, but before we get too far into that, you brought up June. And yeah. I, I think it was... I think it was June or July. Uh, I'm at the ball court with a, with a friend of mine. Uh, his name his name is also Mike. Shout out shout out to Mike. And you know we're playing. By the way, like the week after. He sorry. He he ordered some empanadas. I think like the the, the week after, after oh. we, we saw it. Yeah. 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 So he was one of, he was one of the first customers to be to. Oh yeah yeah hundred percent hundred percent and shout and out, like shout out to Mike. <laughs> shout out to Mike, and like it's such a funny story because. And I think about this a lot. Like I think of like the universe and energy and things like that. And like, if, if any, if you don't believe in that, that's, that's your thing. But I just think like nothing is accident. And Mike and I, one day he hits me up. He's like, yo, do you want to just, you want to play ball? Um, I go to his office. We hang out for a little bit. He's like, yo, there's a ball court down the street. Let's go. You know, we take the ball, we go on there. Cause him and I were playing in a basketball league earlier in the year. And we were just, we were just getting into the playoffs and we just hit the number one seed. We just yeah, beat the number one team and we took the number one seed. I think I, I told you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was hyped. That's why I went to the ball court. That's exactly <laughs> why I, went to the ball. I was hyped. I remember seeing him like, I'm going to get some shots up by myself. I don't have to talk to nobody. I don't yeah. have to get into anybody's face. I don't want to play defense. I just want to shoot. Yeah. And then I go and I see literally like half of Toronto playing basketball. And I'm like, okay, well. And then I see you like hanging out somewhere by the, by the court. I don't think you were playing. And I'm like, oh, what's up, Drew? How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so so by that time, by that time when you saw us, we were already there maybe for like an hour. And yeah. we were playing 21. Like I didn't I wasn't comfortable enough to play with these guys were playing like shirts and skins. That's and it's it's like <laughs> it's June. Like I get it, man. You guys are young and and but I'm not playing shirts and skins. Like I, I still want to see my family. Yeah. 
And and we're kind of like, it's funny because Mike and I, we were tired. We're, we're, we're sitting in the grass. And then I see you walk over to me. And I'm like, I, I recognize, who is, do I know that guy? That guy, you're like walking towards me like you know me. Yeah. And then we're, we were just talking about, Mike and I were just talking about getting some food. Yo, I'm hungry. Let's go, let's go, let's go, do, let's go get some food. Let's go do something. I don't know. What do you feel like eating? I don't know. And then you walk over and what happened? You tell, tell that side of what happened. Uh, yeah, I think this is, it was like the first week, the first week that I, I think it came from my mom's house because she just did a batch of like empanadas that we were, we weren't, we didn't have a, a, an Instagram page or a business or I didn't even know how much I was going to charge or anything. I just had a bin with some test empanadas. I was like, I need to figure out if what if this is the thing that I want to do, and I'm gonna get my girl to try it. I'm gonna get my friends to try it. All these restaurant people, these chefs and servers, I'm gonna get them to try. It. So I'm just gonna take these like I think it was like 20 empanadas that I had at the time. That's it. And I had them in my in my, in my car literally as I'm I'm on my way to the ball court. I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna leave them here for a little bit. I'm gonna go shoot shoot some hoops, see what happens. And I see you. I know we were talking to each other. And I'm like oh yeah, you, you I'm like oh you guys are hungry. Wait hold on a second. Try this Starving. out. Yeah, I was just just try this out. Like, it's, you know, normally they're fresh, normally they're hot, you know, it's, this is what it is. Try to explain it to you. But I'm like, just try it. Tell me what you think. And then I think I got I got you guys. I mean, you've ordered a couple. I hope you got I got you hooked already. Buddy, listen, let me tell you something right now. And and by the way, like I got a, I got a I got a bag of empanadas. <laughs> like you came like okay, let me I'm getting excited. Slow down. So here's, here's the thing. I love, I love Spanish people, Spanish culture. My first trip ever in life on a plane was going to Central America. I went to Panama. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Oh man. Beautiful. Uh, where are you from? Are, are you from, um, where is it again? Ar Argent Colombia? It's, uh, it's close. It's uh, Uruguay. Oh, Uruguay. Yeah. I, I, Uruguay. Uruguay. Yes. One of my, uh, yeah. One of my, uh, the blue jerseys. I know. Um, everybody yeah, thinks they're Argentina. The, the, light, the light blue, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's our soccer team. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What am I? Exactly. Exactly. My my uh, one of my one of my really good friends is is Uruguayan. Their their whole family, you know, they moved from from Uruguay and they brought their kids over. So I have I like I understand I guess um, Uruguayans. And you guys, you the mate and, and all of that stuff. So I, I I get it, man. I I know the culture a little bit, but I um I went to Panama, and and I remember we were on this island. We were on this island called um, uh, what was it called again? Um, no, no, Bo no, Bocas Bocas del Toro. Yeah, that's where I want to go. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. I, I highly 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 there's three islands actually there's three islands we were on island uh, isla bastimento so there's three islands there and mm -hmm. where where we went there my friend and i shout out to patrick we went there we were there for like three weeks we we're over there over new year's this is in 2012 and yeah. we're drunk one night next morning we get up there's a food stand i go to the food stand dude selling empanadas i've never had this thing before i don't know what it is sure uh -huh. it looks look kind of looks like a patty i'm jamaican yeah. kind of looks like a patty it, yeah. it there's meat in there okay great i'll i'll i i can recognize this i'll eat it and then i ate it and i fell in love with it so fast forward to 2020 i see you you tell me you have empanadas i'm like oh, i love empanadas absolutely get it out of the car you bring it over you bring it over in one of these and i tried it and and you were like yo tell me if it's good tell me if, if you like 
And Mike and I are like, are you kidding me? Like, yes, I will buy these right now from you. I will buy these right now. And I think we've both bought two or three different batches. I don't know how many I bought. I think I bought all beef. So tell me what it is that you guys sell. And then I want to get into the story of how you you decided to do this with your mother and, and like where this all came about. Okay. Before we go to that, I don't want to educate you, but I just want to say something about the empanada stuff, which most, you like Spanish stuff. Most Spanish places in South America, at least that I know, have different versions of empanadas. You see what I'm saying? So like, if you try the, Pan- Pan- the, the Panamanian empanadas, they probably are different from the ones that, I, that you tried. The same thing with like Colombian empanadas. Colombian empanadas usually have uh, corn, corn uh, flour instead of the regular wheat flour. They're all completely, Salvadorians have pupusas, Mexicans have a bunch of other stuff. They're all different, but they're all empanadas, which literally just means stuffed stuff with bread in it. And empanadas literally means inside bread stuff. Like, that's literally the translation um so they're all different the thing that makes these ones a little bit different is that they're specifically uruguayan empanadas from empanadas uruguay like they're they're in uruguay there's a lot of beef there's a lot of cows um so the beef ones is like the signature one it's it's what i grew up eating since i was a kid so part of the story of like how things got started is that like you know one day i was craving empanadas during covid and I talked to my mom and I was like, mom, do you remember how to make empanadas? Can you make it? Remember the ones I used to make? Yeah. So she made it. And then, you know, I, I had some over and then I had some friends over. And then d- d- during COVID, I think, like right before lockdown, uh, I had some friends over. It's like, oh, my mom's going to make some empanadas tomorrow. I'll bring some. It's like, oh, I can't have it. I'm vegetarian. So I was like, okay. That's the first one that I was thinking, okay, my mom makes these spinach and cheese ones that I can ask her to do. Boom. And then I had another friend who was vegan. And then that's when it really put me for a twist. And it was like, okay, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We definitely don't have any vegan stuff because Uruguayans, at least that I know, there's not a vegan thing. It's not a thing. Not really. Um, not yet. Not yet. Give it. Give yeah, it a couple years. I think. I think it. That's one of my ideas for a restaurant. Actually, is called like the future Uruguayan. You know, because we have to let go of beef. I, I, I personally believe that for environmental reasons and stuff like that, but we can talk about that later. We got to let go of beef. There's 9 million cows in my country. There's only 3 million people. How's that? How's that possible? That's crazy. Uruguayans read, eat red meat like four to five times a week. Something ridiculous like that. When you get married, you have an asado. When you get a baby christening, you have an asado. When your soccer team is playing, you have a asado. That's like a thing, which is just red meat. It's barbecue, basically. And... As, culture, as attached I am to that culturally, I, I think it's time for us to evolve, right? Like it's time for us to adapt and, you know, that's not sustainable and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That said, now I'm selling beef and bananas because it's my, it's my culture. It's, it's, it's what I grew up eating. But I want to introduce like the, the, the spinach and cheese and the vegan ones and stuff like that. And, and let me just and let me just say uh, really quickly is that I appreciate, I appreciate that you have, I think I have... Wait, what do I have right here? I think this is the this is the the vegan one. Yeah, that's the vegan one. I can tell by the dough because it yeah, doesn't this, have any egg. Exactly, yeah. this is the vegan one, and then I think there's this. Yeah, this is the spinach one right here. Maybe is this this or is this the beef one? Yeah, it might be the beef one. It, I should have like a little dot on one side. If it's red, is the beef. There you go, red dot on the, by your hand on on the other side. Oh, there, there, there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the beef one. Okay. So this is the beef one. I appreciate that you have the vegan one, but the beef one is just killer, man. 
it's it, it, beef one I'm is not just... ready to look. That's what I said. Like, I so would love good. to be vegan. In my mind, I would love to be vegan, but I just, I can't let go of beef, man. I'm it's, trying. I'm trying. It's... Vegans out there, I, I promise you, I am trying. You know what? Will... You, you know what? Um, and I want to get back to the story in a second, but it's funny yeah. because just earlier today, I was listening to, have you heard of this uh, podcast called How I Built This? No, I haven't. No, I okay. just, I'm just getting into, into podcasts now. Okay. It's a great podcast hosted by Guy Raz. It's on NPR. Anyway, they talk to entrepreneurs of some of the largest companies in the world about how they built their company. So I was listening to an episode today and the, it was the founder of Impossible Foods. Now you may or may not know much about Impossible Foods, but yeah. they want to eliminate beef, meat consumption by creating alternatives that taste like meat. Yeah. Or, or at least like feel like meat, have the same texture. Is this the one where they're like, they're doing stuff in the lab and stuff like that, like growing hormones? And uh, I, I've, I've read stuff like that. In a sense, yeah. So what they're essentially doing is they're like using different, different uh, uh, like plant-based like soy or different types of uh, elements from plants. And they're trying to manipulate it so that when you bite into it, it has the same texture as a beef burger, but it doesn't contain any animals at all. Um, anyway, Impossible Foods, they're now in grocery stores and they have like ground beef, but it's ground impossible beef meat type stuff. So that would be interesting if like you guys could make like an impossible beef empanada because that's Mm -hmm. nowhere right now. Like I can almost guarantee you that doesn't exist like an impossible Mm -hmm. beef because like, um, Tim Hortons has that Tim Hortons has beyond is the other one. So there's beyond and then there's impossible. Okay. Uh, those are those are the two those Pepsi and Coke of of yeah of like alternative meat. But anyway, I yeah. digress. So bring me so so let's go back. So let's say you know you're in the you're in the kitchen. You're there. Your friends are over. You, one of your boys yeah. doesn't eat meat for whatever reason. Drop him, and yeah. he uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, so you're asking your mom, hey, let's do this. So what was what was the moment, like bring me into the moment where you decided or your mom decided or your wife decided or all three of you decided, maybe this is yeah. something that we could do for a business that keeps my mom busy. Maybe we can make a little bit of money. Maybe we could feed some people. Talk to me about that decision. Yeah. Um, so during the brainstorm ideas, I remember I, I'm, a, I'm a night owl. I, I usually do my thinking like late at night. I stay up, you know, playing video games or whatever, but that's when ideas come at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, and another thing is that I like, I enjoy cooking. I, I literally enjoy cooking like on my own, I follow recipes or sometimes I don't, I, I try something different, right? So I, I try to make this up myself, you know, back when I was thinking about this brainstorming stuff and I, for the love of me, I couldn't, I couldn't get them. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do them closed. Like it was too thin. I don't know what I was doing wrong, but I couldn't replicate what my mom did. So that's why I said, I can't be the one who makes these. Let me be the brain power behind, you know, let me see if I can get the, the, the recipes going so I can tell my mom, hey, remember the one that we had? Can you add a little bit of spice? Can you make a spinach and cheese one? Can you make a vegan one? What about a one with sweet potato? Let's add this, let's add that, let's do that, let's do this. So the recipes are, are hers with a twist of my ingenuity, I guess you could say, right? When I started thinking about how we can do it for a business is when I got people like you, right? Who, who, who try these empanadas and they're like, whoa, these are really good. When, when can I get them? I wasn't even selling it. I'm like, when can I get them? Like, yeah. I'm like, Shh, give me, give me, give me, give me a couple of days. I'll figure something out. And know uh, even maybe the first one that you tried, they probably like were a little bit smaller or a little bit bigger, or a little bit inconsistent. They probably, you know, we were just beginning back then. Now I'm 
fairly confident to say that like you know we have progressed to a point where we have a, a working system like we at least were organized like i even you know i got business cards made i opened an instagram page i'm doing giveaways and stuff like that to try to build an online presence and i gotta say that like since since lockdown since now i don't have, i'm not working at restaurants i'm able to focus on this this has been growing this has been growing enough to the point where you know my goal which again it wasn't to be a millionaire it wasn't to start a business it wasn't to start a restaurant it was to message my mom and be like hey you gotta make some for my friend tomorrow can you make them yes of course can you make it next week can you make this now i'm like hey we got orders for the whole week you know can you can you fulfill like can you are you okay with this and she, now she me and says is there anything coming up because i want to get ready i'm going to clean i'm going to prep which makes me happy because it means that I accomplished my goal, which right. again, just to keep her busy. Yeah, of course. And, and so we know the objective behind, and that's, that's great, by the way, I'm so glad that you, you guys are having success. And, and I remember at the time when, cause Mike and I, like my friend, Mike and I were both like very hardworking, very driven. We were both like coming up with your business plan right there for you. We were like, we'll just, des we'll design a Shopify page for you. Uh, like I'll get a video out there for you. We're like, we'll do that. And you're like, yo, like, I just like, <laughs> I don't know yet guys. I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, like you were just like, dude, like, I just, I don't know. I have no idea. Like this was obviously like four months ago. Right. I think yeah. about four months ago, but I'm really glad to hear that things are, are progressing in the right direction. And I, I, I could see that you're doing contests and giveaways and working with influencers and I'm so happy and I'm letting everybody know about the empanadas and I think they're great. Um, I, I, I know how you feel and we know how the people feel. I'm the people, but also the people that are buying things from you. And how does your mom feel? I'm concerned. I'm not concerned, but I'm interested in how is your mom feeling? She's not working or maybe not yeah. working as much. She's getting to do something she's done her entire life, I imagine. And she's making money and she's working with her son. What's the relationship been yeah. like between the two of you? How is your mom feeling about all this? Well, the thing is, exactly, right? Like in, when, when lockdowns first happened and we were, we, we were all like in limbo, I said, like, what's going to happen? That's when, you know, not seeing her for like three, four months, not getting to do anything for like three to four months. That's when I noticed that like she was depressed. She was getting depressed. She was starting to get like, you know, she was obviously scared, you know, there's a freaking pandemic going on outside. She was scared, she was depressed. She was very isolated. And then I, I decided to break the rules one day. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go see her. I'm gonna pitch this idea to her, tell me what she thinks. And then she said, yes, I'm on board. Let's do it, let's try it, why not? And that's when we started testing. And now I could see it in her eyes every time I, I go pick up, I, I literally have to go pick them up every day and then deliver to anybody and I've never made an empanada to this day she still makes them by hand right um I can feel the pride like she's pride she's proudful like she's she she has pride on every single empanada she goes sometimes she'll if they open up or if they look ugly she puts them to the side and lets me eat them that's why I eat empanadas every day um because you know no they're not good enough like if this is the product that I'm gonna be selling this is what I want to do like she's 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 almost like She's gonna retire soon. She's 64, 60, she thinks she has to be 65 to retire. And she's already thinking like, you know what? I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna do empanadas on the side and then do a little bit. Like this is her plan going forward now. COVID has created an opportunity for her to start something and then kind of change your life a little bit. Yeah, and you know what? I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that. And I'm really, really glad that your mom has almost found a calling 
like, hey, this thing that I've been able to do my whole life and my son really enjoys, other people can enjoy too. Like I can almost give away like a gift to other people and they can enjoy it. And the idea that every time I look at one of these, I, I have the image in my mind, this little Spanish woman is like in a kitchen folding and pressing and- there's a, I put I make I make videos on my stories and, and I have a video posted mm -hmm. on on my Instagram thing on her Instagram thing of her literally sometimes with her friend there she's washing dishes they're rolling the dough she's mm -hmm. cooking the the stuffing like they're all they're, this is literally just an old little lady working by herself or sometimes with her friend in a kitchen making these things right I, I love that and and the idea just to kind of like cap off my thought there the idea that every time I look at this, I know that your mom made it. It makes, it makes me enjoy it more because it feels like I was in your kitchen. As yeah. corny as that might sound, it sounds like I was there with you. And the idea that I can support somebody who's doing something that they I actually like doing mm -hmm. makes me feel special. And it makes me just want to invest even further into you guys. So congratulations for, for you and my mom for doing this. And I love the empanadas and I hope I, I tell people about them. And obviously Mike, my, my buddy, Mike, like I, when I buy them from him, from when I buy them from you, I send him a picture. I'm like, yo buddy, like hit him up, <laughs> you know, get yeah, some yeah. more. <laughs> um, really well, quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was, I was going to twist the conversation a little bit because this kind of opened my eyes to one of the biggest challenges in the restaurant industry. As, as, as silly as it sounds that my mom making empanadas is kind of, really brought this idea is that there's kind of people don't know about it but there's kind of a war going on right now in the restaurant industry which is small individual business against fast food big chain corporation it's kind of yeah. scary now especially with covid right because you drive i, I drive around drop drive uh, delivering empanadas a lot and sometimes it's crazy because i see a and w starbucks mcdonald's burger king a and w starbucks lcbo walmart's and everything else in between is all closed or tapered off or takeout only curbside pickup, which means they probably can't even survive. Right. So that's, that's, it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary going forward. Like I know it's kind of a limbo things are going to go back to normal. So I don't believe all the conspiracies about how like, you know, uh, you know, it's there, you know, it's all going to be big businesses anytime soon. I know that there'll be a chance where small businesses will rebound and new ones will open up and you never know rent prices might get low enough where people like me can go and buy a store and open up at Mamanadas, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think there is like a big issue going on right now where, and it's up to the consumer, right? It's up to the consumer to make a, 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 a shift in their head to be like, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to order McDonald's today. I'm going to try the place on the street and try something different, which might be a little bit more expensive, but it's made with, by somebody with love or it's, it's, you know, it's more nutritious or something like that. Yeah. And, and I completely agree with you. And look, like humans are inherently creatures of habit, right? We'll do what we've always done. Case in point, your mom, you know, she's yeah. always made empanadas. She's doing it now. And this is, you know, to teach her now how to make a cake or something will probably be a little bit difficult or whatever it is, something that's maybe a little bit more difficult. Um, mm -hmm. But, but especially now in 2020 with the apps and everybody's at home, nobody wants to think. And it's convenience. It's all about convenience. You know, if, if, if somehow you guys were on DoorDash, that would be amazing. And I'm sure there'd be a lot more people that um, would, would purchase from you instead of you driving around and, you know, spending your gas and all of that. Yeah. Um, 
but you're right, man. There, there, you're, you're right. There is a war, I guess. And the war is not so much restaurants and small, it's, it's corporations and the big conglomerates and the billionaires versus mm-hmm. the little guy. And, you know, you look at an Amazon versus your local convenience store mm-hmm. or, you know, your local general store that has a couple of items that you might go to. People are just going to go to Amazon and they're just going to buy whatever they want from Amazon instead of just walking down the street to see if that place has it. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, that's what we're seeing during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I want to thank you for your time and, and, and thank you for being transparent and, and opening up and letting us know a little bit about the business and what's going on behind the scenes. And you've definitely been one of those people to me that have adapted in this time when everybody's just like, oh, I'm just going to wait till next year. or I'm not going to do anything or I'm just going to quit you know, yourself and your mother and whoever else is helping you behind the scenes, your mom's friends or relatives or whatever it is, you guys are absolutely an example. And whether you, whether you see it or not, or, or, or think it or not, people that are watching you are are being inspired by what you guys are doing. So I want to congratulate you guys for that. Thank you. That's uplifting. That's, that's nice. Nice to hear. Of course, man. Um, One last thing I want to get from you. Uh, The floor is yours. Um, let's say, give me two minutes, three minutes, however long you want to go. What have, what have you learned this year during this pandemic, starting this business, seeing the success in your business? What have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about this year? Um, and what advice would you have for other people that are maybe going through a similar time and, uh, don't really know what to do next? Yeah. Um, well, my thing is that like, you know, I have a PS4, I have a switch and I have a PS1, I have a whole bunch of video games and you can only play so many video games, man. I am so tired of playing video games. It got to the point where I'm just like, it, during lockdown, especially in March or something like that, I was like, I can only play, I'm tired. I'm tired of these games, time for me to do something. So I got into, I got into fitness, I got into this, I got into that. Right now is the perfect time. You have a, you have a window right now to chase or to do something that you've always, maybe if you fail, it's okay. At least you tried something, you entertain yourself for a little bit. Right. That was the whole idea behind the, the Mamanas thing. And um, the reason why I'm successful is because it's successful to my standards. Like my, my, my goals are very low. Entertain my mother. That's literally my goal. So I was able to achieve that. So as long as you, you set a goal that's, that's relatively achi- uh, achievable, at least do something during this pandemic. Right. That's, that's, that's kind of what I, what I was, I'm trying to get my, my girl inspired to work out. I'm trying to, you know, inspire myself to eat a little bit healthier now that there's no distractions that I don't, I can't just go down the street. I really should just stay in and, you know, cook my own food and stuff like that, right? Might, have, might as well try to work on the things that you've always wanted to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my little thing. I don't know. <laughs> that's great, man. And I hope 2021, 2021 is only going to, it's only going to go up from here, right? If this is what you guys could do yeah. in the middle of a pandemic, when no one's making any money, when no one's going anywhere, what are you going to do next year when hopefully maybe we're out again and we're doing things again and people are more willing to say, yeah, let me, yeah, let me spend some money. Let me go here. Let me do that. It's, you know, you know what I missed, man? I was thinking about it when I, right after I saw you was that around this time I will be doing like uh, corporate parties and stuff like that behind the bar or like, you know, a server or something like that. And every, every new year's Eve, I haven't, I haven't celebrated new year's Eve with my friends in eight, nine years, maybe since I started restaurants. Cause I always booked this one gig where I make, I make an, uh, enough money that it was worth it. But I remember looking up and it was like 11.55 and I, you, you would just see faces. I, I, I will be making a drink. Okay, rum and coke, seven bucks. Okay, vodka soda, 
seven bucks, see you later. And then sometimes I like, would have step, take a step back and look, and then you see everybody's eyes just looking at you. You have like seven, seven to 14 people in front of you fighting for space. Mm-hmm. I miss that. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to get that back. And you can dwell on that. Right. Like we, we can, I can dwell on that. And, and, you know, I don't think restaurants are going to get back to what they were. You know, clubs are not definitely not going to get back to what they were, you know? Um, so we can dwell on that and remember the good times, but adapt. We got to adapt and figure out, you know, how we're going to, how we're going to party, how we're going to, uh, you know, how we're going to do things from now on. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm excited to see what the young new entrepreneurs, the new ideas that are going to come out of that. I'm excited. You're absolutely- you're yeah. totally right, man. And like, and like we said in the beginning of the episode, evolve or die. Yeah. It's evolve or yeah. die. We're humans. And if we couldn't evolve past cavemen, dinosaurs, the ice age, we wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to evolve. Michael, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Appreciate the look. If there's ladies that are watching this, <laughs> the way to my heart my love language is come to my door with food. This dude showed up with food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael, thank you for your time, man. I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, bro. I'll see you.